more up there. Uh, brethren, I just have uh, two very small announcements um, just before our sermon. I think we're ready. We're ready for our sermon by our pastor, Steve Andrews. Well, greetings to all, and I think uh, I always like to ask that question. Why are we here on a Monday? Well, it's very, very special, and that God commands us to be here. It's interesting that in my Bible, uh, I have the the uh, sword Bible. Uh, it's an easy reader. And, and they've made the change to put all of the words of God in red. Where Moses speaks, it's in black, but anywhere where the God is speaking, it's in red. And so when you read the Ten Commandments and the power that's there and the trumpet that was sounded and, and everything that was all in red, God was speaking. Well, if you go through all of the first of the five books, there's a lot of red in my Bible. And in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, it's almost all red. So, it's interesting that this first verse has so much in it about what we should do and why we should be here. And what's the purpose and reason to be here? If you believe there is a God, you should be keeping his days because he's emphatic in his word about keeping his day. It says, speak to the children of Israel, and yes, I know they probably use that to say, well, this is for them, but understand that God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he sets something for mankind to understand and to learn from, which the holy days are, they are a very powerful and, and, and very informative. And as Reg brings out on the Sabbath, which was very good, about the, the differences in there and how, how that the Old Testament and the New Testament match together with type and anti-type. And, and it's, it's just beautiful what God has done. And as we look at it and we study more and we think about it and we keep those days. And he says in there, speak to the children of Israel and say to them concerning the feast of the Lord. They don't belong to me. They don't belong to the Tulsa Church of God. They belong to God. He is the one that has set it up. These are his feasts. This is his time. And it says, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations. And by the way, the feast is, is Moad. Uh, that means an appointed time. That means that there's certain signs that you can follow, and which they did. The priests were uh, the ones that were uh, responsible for looking at the moon, and when there was this time of the year, they would come and they would find that little sliver. Now we use the calculated calendar. 
which I believe and I've seen over the years is very accurate. But they would look and they would see and they would mark when those days started. Because God has set that up. He put it in the beginning when he created the heavens and the earth. He put the signs there so that we would be together and we would, would be celebrating his days. He also says it's holy. It's holy. So that means holy, sanctified, set apart. It's a time that he is going to be present. And we must believe that God is present today, listening all over the world to those that are keeping his holy day. As he is today, and I believe that God listens, I believe that he is very happy when, when his children come before him and they are keeping the days. Well, and it's also, a, 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 the, the word is convocation, but it actually means assembly, a time to come together, to be together as much as we can. And for those that may be tuning in today on, on his holy day, we, we welcome you. We welcome you to be here today and to, and to tune in and, and be with us on this Feast of Trumpets. So, interestingly enough, the Feast of Trumpets days is only just a, a short little uh, two or three verses here. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse 23, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath. So, we're already, we're already talking about a Sabbath, a day of rest, a blowing of the, a blowing, a memorial blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. So, this day is a memorial, it's a memorial service, I think well, all of us are familiar with memorial services. We come together. We are remembering things. This is a memorial of the blowing of trumpets. A holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. So we've already made that offering. And we are here. And we are celebrating this day. And it's interesting that really in, in a way it is the memorial of blowing of trumpets. Uh, it's a feast day, but in reality, uh, it, God really calls this the memorial of blowing of trumpets. And it's plural because down through the ages, there have been many trumpets, and there shall be more trumpets. And we live in an age, a different age, don't we? We live in a totally different age. <laughs> Most of us all carry one. Probably everybody in here except for the little tiniest kids. Uh, I have an 11-month-old which would love to have one of these. Because she keeps, every time she sees it laying anywhere, she wants it. So we have this instant communication. It's an instant time that we can grab and, 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 and call anybody and text anybody. And we're uh, in, in, the, in the age of instant communication. We can, we can do it quickly. Well... When God brought Israel out of captivity, there were no satellites, there were no cell phones, there were no iPads, there were no computers, <laughs> and none of, that, none of that existed. Well, it's very interesting because 
the trumpet is a very powerful instrument. For those of us who were here when uh, the uh, family that was here, the, uh, the individual plays with the, uh, the Philharmonic, and I was sitting over here and I was kind of concentrating on my Bible and I wasn't paying much attention and he got up and all of a sudden started blowing a trumpet. What's the first thing you do when you hear a trumpet? You start looking, where is that noise coming from? Because we don't have any trumpet players in here. And it was quite interesting. And so there's a powerful um, thing that comes from a trumpet. It's just so loud and so powerful. And it's something that, that God has, has used and is continuing to use and will use uh, right up to the very end. In Numbers, the 10th chapter, I'm going to just do a little bit of this. Matt had a very good message on the Sabbath and went through all of these. But I wanted to, I wanted to point out uh, something here in, in Numbers, the 10th chapter. Because God did, did command the, the Israelites to make two silver trumpets. Now, the word in, in Exodus, the 19th, is the word shofar which we've always associated with the lamb's horn. So in Exodus, the 19th chapter, when that was blown, Moses was, wrote down shofar. Now, I don't know whether that was exactly what God used, but they recognized it or seemed to recognize it as the shofar. And so consequently, that's the word that was used. But here, God commands the Israelites to make two silver trumpets. That's interesting. So in, in, in this, he says, that, make you two trumpets of silver, the whole piece shall you make them, and they shall, uh, that you may use them for the calling of an assembly and for the journey in the, of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to you in the door of the tabernacle, the congregation. So how many people were there? How many, how many people? Well, it says there were 600 men that came out. And there was no count for all of the children, the wives, and all of the, the others that came out of there. And so there's been an estimate of maybe 1.6 million sitting around there at the, the base of Mount Sinai. So how do you tell them to move or to do something? Um, you, can, you can imagine the scenario, how hard it would be uh, to get to use a cell phone to call everybody and tell them that it's time to go, time to move, time to change positions, which God did several times. They moved a lot. They changed positions. They went from one camp to another, and God had them use the silver trumpets to do that. And if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are the heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves to you. And when they blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When you blow an alarm in the second time, then the camps that lie in the south side shall take their journey. And they shall blow an alarm for their journeys. And so we, we understand that there were many uses for these trumpets for the Israelites so that they would be able to communicate through all those various uh, individuals that were there. And that was a very... A good way for God to communicate his desire for them to follow him. And so, uh, in, in verse 10, 
Also in the days of your gladness and your solemn days and the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your, bur uh, your burnt offerings, or your, over your sacrifices, your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. So, and, and of course, uh, verse 2 through verse 10 is all in red. Because um, Moses just wrote what God told him to write down. This is how he was, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> you're going to make two silver trumpets. Now, it's interesting that uh, I have a paper here because my next section here is uh, silver has to be refined. I found a little paper. I, I don't know whether it was a Jewish group or what, but it was very interesting because silver is a precious metal with multitude of uses and um, is rarely found alone in the natural state. It must be separated from other metals, gold, copper, zinc, lead, in order to, to be usable. Currently, silver ore is mixed with lime, cement, and water, or a cyanide solution in order to separate it from the other metals and chemical elements, and then leached, the silver materials are then uh, uh, electrolyzed and melted into the silver bars and ingots. So we have a process now that we can get all this stuff and the straws out of there. In the past, the process required fire. Required fire. These trumpets were under the fire to refine the metal. Several heatings and meltings. Steps were performed. In between those steps, semi-solid purities called dross were removed to ensure the proper purity and strength, quality, desirable for silversmiths to create their works of art. Then the silver in its cold state is then beaten with hammers into the final desired form. And we see this description in uh, where we just read in, in Numbers the 10th chapter. So we know that whoever the the artisans, because I, this is going to be an artisan that's going to make silver trumpets <laughs> that are going to be able to be blown because they're going to have to have a hole through it, they're going to have to have a form, and they're starting from, whether say, uh, uh, raw metals or ingots or whatever, they're going to have to work to produce these silver trumpets that will sound. Now, can anybody in this room, is anybody a silversmith in here ever worked with silver? I, I've never done it. I don't have any idea how difficult it is to work with, melting it, working with it, making jewelry or anything. But I can imagine the talent that it would take to make these trumpets. And maybe like some of the other things that God did for the tabernacle, he may have given his spirit to them so they would be able to make these beautiful trumpets for the, the, the purpose that he wanted them to be made for, which was to guide and lead the Israelites. And so we know that they had to be uh, refined. They, they had to go under the fire. Well, in our own lives, we know that sometimes we're under the fire. We have trials and tribulations. And the scriptures talk a little bit about this refining in Proverbs the 25th chapter let's look at Proverbs the 25th chapter well maybe we'll find out where it's at in here 
already found it, probably there already, but I'm going to go ahead and read it anyway. 25 verse 4, take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Take away the dross, get rid of all that excess stuff that might have been there when you found the raw material. Refine it, and there you will find a, a vessel for the finer, for the, 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 the silversmith that would put that together. Zechariah, the, the 13th chapter. I have a few of these that are in the Bible, and I think they're very pertinent to understanding this beautiful work. Zechariah 13, and beginning of verse 9. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and I will refine them as silver is refined. I will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Now, sometimes even in our own trials and tribulations, and as a Christian, we turn to God as we go through those trials, and we realize when we come through that trial, no matter whether it's a physical trial or whatever it is, or a spiritual trial, whatever it is, when we come through that trial, we are more, we're closer to God. We're stronger with God. We have been refined in the fire. We are strengthened because of that trial. If you allow it to do that. Now, sometimes people allow the trial to, to, to separate them from God. And that's not what... God wants. God wants us to come to him and to believe that he's going to bring us through that trial and strengthen us through that. Malachi. I have another one here, Malachi. Just, just a little bit over. Malachi 3, 2 and 3. But who may abide in the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appears? For he is like the refiner's fire and like the fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offer in righteousness. So even to that point. And then one more scripture in this particular one. Let's go to Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter. Sometimes when we are in those fiery trials, we think, wow. When am I going to get through this? Am I going to get through this? What, what's God doing? What's he want from me? How, how, do I, how do I change so that God will, will, will bring me out of this trial? The Lord, the God, came to me saying, Son of man, the house of Israel to me has been become dross. This is 22 verse 17, and this is verse 18. Has become dross. All they are brass and tin and iron and lead in the midst of the furnace. And there are even the dross of silver. So, <laughs> there's this beautiful silver in the refiner's fire. God sees, oh, all I see is the lead and the iron and the tin. I don't even see the silver in my people. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you are all become dross. Behold, therefore, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As they gather silver and brass and iron and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace, to blow the fire upon it and melt it, so will I gather you in my anger and in my fury. 
and I will leave you there and melt you. Yea, I will gather you and blow upon you in the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst thereof. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall you be melted in the midst thereof, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. And as we get through this message, there's a part of this that we will look at as God's vengeance upon the world because of sin, because of things that the whole world will be doing. And so we will look at that. Um, the silver trumpets is part of it, but there's also another trumpet, which is called the shofar. And I looked up the Jewish encyclopedia, and typically they also blow the shofar on the trumpets, but it's also on the Day of Atonement. And I won't turn to, to Exodus 19:19, 19, 19, but you can look at that, the powerful blowing and all of the, the thunder and everything that was going on during that, that, that when God's presence was there on Mount Sinai and before the, the children of Israel. And he says, Moses, please, you talk to us. <laughs> Not God. He scared them to death. And he, <clears throat> but it was for a purpose. It was for a reason. In Leviticus, the 25th chapter, we see just a part of this and we, it's It'll be used, and let's see, I want to pick it up in verse, uh, where I want to pick that up, verse 9. Oh, I've got to get in the right one here. Um, this is the trumpet of Jubilee, um, and, and I'm just reading this part of it, in verse 80, so... You shall number seven Sabbaths of years to you, seven times seven years, and the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall you be in 49 years. And then shall you cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the ninth, tenth day of the seventh month, and the day of atonement shall you make a trumpet sound uh, throughout all your land, and, and you shall howl the 50th year. So on the, uh, every 50th year they were to, to separate with a trumpet sound on the day of atonement, and they used the shofar to do that. And um, one more here, just real quickly. You're very familiar with this one. Uh, been a lot talked about in the Joshua in <clears throat> chapter 6. And let's, I just want to pick up a few verses here, 4 and 5. The seven priests, this is when they were going around uh, the, um, uh, the city and, 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 the, um, and they were making, going to make a very loud noise and this is what, what transpired. And seven priests shall bear upon the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, seven Days you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout, and all uh, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight uh, into that city, and and they, you know, they uh, they were able to. Uh, defeat them. And so we see the use of the, the, the shofar in that particular instance there. So we have the two silver trumpets and the shofar. And now let's 
let's put some, some things together. We are commanded to sound an alarm. And, and as ambassadors, we also have the responsibility to reach out and to sound alarm about things that might be, might be happening, especially the sins. We start here, but we, we see the sins of the world. We see the sins of our own nation. And so we have to at least, um, like a trumpet, um, let's go to Isaiah, the 58th chapter, for the first one. You're all familiar with this one. Um, this one has to do with, uh, if I can get to it. Isaiah 58, verse 1. Cry out loud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sin. These words still ring true. I mean, don't, isn't, don't you grieve when you see the sins of the, our own nation and the sins of the world? It's, it really does. It, it grieves us all when we see those things. In Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter, we see some things here in Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter. In beginning of verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, and by the way, let's see, how many pages are read? Oh, boy, I've got a lot of pages read here. <laughs> Son of man, speak to the children of your people, and say to them, when I bring the sword upon the land, that the people of the land take a man of your coast and set him for their watchman. If when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warn the people. So there's always supposed to be someone watching. I'm an avid news watcher, and probably a lot of you are. Sometimes it's very depressing, but I do watch, and I'm interested in what's going on in, in, in the light of biblical prophecy, in the light of biblical things that are happening, as, we, as I have been for, for a very long time, seeing many things change in, in the world. He says, if you see the sword come up on the land, you blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet takes not warning if that's Sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his head. If he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that takes warning shall deliver his soul. So the warning goes out, people um, hear it, they, they take the warning. And I think in, in a modern sense, as we preach the gospel message, someone is going to hear that gospel message and they're going to repent. It's, it's like a trumpet call. To repent. Jesus came and he said the first things that he began to preach. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so consequently we see that this trumpet call is reaching out to others. To not be a part of the sins of the world. And to heed the warning. To heed the warning. But if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people not be warned, and if the sword come and take any person from the, among them, and he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require for the watchman's hand. So we have a responsibility to both watch and look. And so you, O son of man, I have set you a watchman in the house of Israel, Therefore you shall hear the word of my mouth and warn them. 
And the modern thing is preach the gospel into all the world. And that's what it says. Go you into all the world and preach the, the good news of the kingdom of God. Warn them. I mean, and there's warnings and there's good news. And so consequently, um, that's what we're doing. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die if you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. Therefore, O son of man, speak to the house of Israel. Thus you shall speak, saying, If your transgressions and our sins be upon us, we pine away in them, and how should we live? And, and I'll, I'll stop right there. I've got another one here that I want to go to. Joel, the second chapter. Let's go to Joel, the second chapter. This one you're very familiar with. And, and, and I have also used this one in, in many messages before. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord comes, for it's near at hand. And I'm as if any of us who preach and teach are alive at that time, this should be the thing that we do. We should be blowing a trumpet of alarm, however it is allowed to us to do. I mean, we may be stymied in some ways, because there's things going on in the society that might stymie it. But I think that God will provide a way. He will provide an opening for us to preach the word and to sound an alarm when we do see these things coming about. He says it's a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds, thick darkness, a morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, and there be not ever like it either uh, shall be. And, never. and so this, it, there's more of it that goes on here, and I'm not going to go deeply into this. Uh, and um, see, I think there was one more part of this verse. And God says here in verse 12, he says, Therefore also now, says the Lord, turn you even to me with your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Turn to the Lord your God. And that'll be something we'll be, we will be preaching. to. Turn to the Lord. Renew your relationship. And come to understand that God is, It's going to bring very a lot of things upon this earth. And we'll look at that here in a little bit. Acts, the second chapter, where Peter actually quotes right out of Joel. And I'm just going to read a few verses here, 17 through 21. He says, and he's quoting right out of, the, of Joel. He says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says the God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters, shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out uh, in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into, blood, uh, turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. So there'll be a great time 
It seems like from what the scripture says and what Peter was saying, and of course then the, he had a great uh, uh, number of people who were baptized and received God's Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost. But it seems like that the scriptures indicate there will be a great repentance when the warning goes out. And I, I, I am very rejoiced at that, that there may be a lot of people here and realize and come to understand that when God brings judgment on this earth, that it will be uh, uh, a time of great um, great vengeance, great wrath, God's wrath, God's vengeance. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, there are heavenly trumpets. We have physical trumpets. We can blow. The Israelites had the two silver trumpets. We had the shofar. We have these nice, beautiful trumpets that make all kinds of noises, you know, beautiful music. But there are heavenly trumpets. I want to hear one of those one of these days. I want to hear, now I don't want to hear the ones that are in Revelation at the time that all this is going on, although I, maybe we'll be there when those, when those trumpets are, are blasted. But the, the world is going to tremble when these trumpets begin to blast. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, we see Jesus warning about those days that are coming upon the world, 29 to 31. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisee hypocrites, because, whoops, that's, uh, that's not it. That's also a good one, but not where I want it. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the signs of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather the, the, together his elect from the four winds from one end of, the, uh, end of heaven to the other. And that's the one we want to hear. That's the one that will, will bring us, either resurrect us or, or um, we will, if we're still alive, that's the one that it will be, a twinkling of an eye and a change. And that's what we want to be a part of. But that is going to be, when Christ returns, it's going to be terrible on this earth. Because man is going to hate the fact that Christ is coming. And they're going to see the power and the glory of Jesus Christ coming in the clouds. I have, uh, I, ha I picked up uh, William's translation. It's kind of an interesting, different translation. And it has some interesting things in it that, that um, I'd like to bring out a couple of, just like to read that same thing in the Williams translation here. He says, immediately after the misery the misery of those days. The sun will turn dark. The moon will not shed its light. The stars will fall from the sky. And the powers of the sky will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then all the nations of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky in overwhelming power and splendor and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. 
and they will gather his chosen people from the four points of the compass, from one end of the sky to the other. It's interesting, he's talking about the whole world, and even into the sky. Will there be someone up in, up in, a, in a spaceship somewhere that will have repented and need to be changed in the twinkling of an eye? Interesting, just what the Bible says. Now in Luke also, the 21st chapter, and, and Luke is a little, has a little different thought on this, but it's also really powerful. Luke, beginning in verse 20, he says here, And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is near. Well, it must not be quite tight because we've seen Jerusalem with lots of armies around it. But this is talking about something totally different. Then let them that are in Judea flee into the mountains, and let them that which are in the midst of the depart out, and let not them that which are in the countries enter therein too. For these will, uh, will be days of vengeance, vengeance, punishment, revenge. I am the Lord, I will, uh, I will write the, the vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to them that are with child, and then give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive in all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That's kind of an interesting statement there. Uh, there, there was another statement many, many uh, years before uh, given that there was a, a time frame that the Amorites had to be fulfilled before things were, 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 would be uh, ready for the Israelites to go into the promised land. So here we have Jesus saying that the, 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 the Jerusalem would be trodden down of the Gentiles, of the heathen, of the nations, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the, in the sun and the moon and the stars upon the earth distress and nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing for fear, for looking after those signs which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power of great glory. And then these things begin to come to pass. And Look up and lift up your hearts, for your redemption draws near. And just a slight bit of a difference in the in the Williams translation, but there is some kind of interesting things in it. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, then understand that her de devastation is near. Then let those in Judea begin to flee to the mountain, and those within the city begin to get out of it. For these are the days of vengeance, when all that is written in the scriptures will be fulfilled. Interesting thing. When all that is written in the scriptures about those final days they will be fulfilled. It will come a time when all the things that we've read over all the years, those will be fulfilled. Alas, for the women are pregnant and those that are nursing babies in those days, um, for there will be great misery in the land and wrath on this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword. We'll be carried off as captives among all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled under feet of the heathen until the times of the heathen come to a full measure. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and stars and, and the earth, despair of nations. 
in bewilderment at the roaring of the seas and the wind, men fainting with fear and apprehension of the things that are to come upon the world, for the powers of the sky will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds in overwhelming power and splendor when these things begin to take place. Look up and lift your heads for your, del uh, for your deliverance is drawing near. So interestingly enough, as we see uh, Jesus' prophecies of that end time, he also gave the revelation to John to write it down for that time that we might understand. And there are seven angels given the responsibility to start each and every one of this vengeance that will come upon the earth before Christ returns. And we look at that in the, the book of Revelation now. And I'm going to skip the first one. I'm going to go to, um, let's go to, to Revelation um, verse 8. And we're going to read about these seven uh, angels and each one of the plagues that are going to come upon the earth. It, for earth, people that are going to be stuck on earth, this is going to be horrible. A, a time of great vengeance that God is going to bring. Because man is sinning. He's sinning. And it's not going to be, the sins that they're, they're going to be doing are an abomination to God. Destroying their, their, their young through abortion. Turning the things that God has given through marriage and different things from, from, for husband and wives into lasciviousness and sexual sins. And God is going to bring his wrath upon the world because of that. And he won't, he doesn't really want to. He would, remember it says in there, time is, is given so that all would have a chance to repent. But it's going to come to a time when, when the, there's going to be a famine of the word going out. We're not going to be able to get it out. And so, it, as, while we still can, we need to be able to preach and teach these things. And we need to be able to, to, to tell people this Feast of Trumpets is so important in understanding the plan of God. And when he has opened the seventh seal, chapter 8, verse 1, there was silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour, and I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood in the altar, having the golden censer, and there was given to him much incense, and he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke and the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire of the altar, and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. And so, we, we still see the use of the trumpets at the end time. The angels are going to have trumpets that they're going to use in a powerful way. And it's going to unleash some of the most devastating things upon the earth. That'll be open. Uh, all of mankind is going to, to, to really suffer when these angels begin to sound. The first angel sounded and there was followed by hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded, and it was this great mountain burning with fire, was cast upon the sea, and the third part of the sea was become blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea 
and had life, died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there was a great star from heaven burning as a lamp, as it were a lamp, and it fell upon uh, the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died in, of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, so that the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not a third part of it, and the night likewise. And so we see that relationship where we saw it in, in uh, Jesus' prophecy, and also in Joel, and, and, and all these things going on, and the heavenly signs that will be happening. I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other voices of the trumpets. And the three angels are yet to sound. And by the time this comes up, mankind will already be in quite a, um, a state. But this is next are the wrath of God coming down upon mankind. The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. He opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of it, a pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air was darkened by the reason of the smoke in the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, thing or any tree, but only those men which have not, were not sealed of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given to, that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was the torment as a scorpion when he strikes a man. So there's going to be men that are going to want to die, and God's not going to allow it. He's going to torment them for that long. And in those days shall men seek death, and he shall not find it. He shall desire uh, to die, and death shall flee from them. They may, even, they may even try to kill themselves and not be able to because they are being punished by God. And this is his vengeance upon man's sins upon the earth. And the shapes of the locusts were like the horses prepared to battle, and their heads were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and teeth as they were the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates that were breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings whereas the sound of chariots and many horses are running to battle. It sounds like um, helicopters and jets and all kinds of things going out and, 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 and into battle. They ate tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which was the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name was in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, and the Greek tongue is the name Apollyon. And once... Uh, one woe was passed, and behold, there come two more wars hereafter. By this time, man will be uh, very much suffering upon the earth. The sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which was before God, saying, Is it the sixth angel which had a trumpet? Loose, uh, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, and a day, and a month, and a year for the slay, the third part of men. That's, these things are quite interesting in themselves. These angels standing there waiting 
for God to say, open the door and let these angels go. And to do what they were to be commissioned to do, which was to, to kill. And the number of the army and the horsemen that were 200,000, I heard a number of them. Thus I saw the horses in the vision, and then that sat on them having a breastplates of fire and a jackanith, and brimstone, and the heads of horses was the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which is issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails and their tails were like unto serpents and had heads with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not. Here, here's an interesting, all this is going on. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, and that, that they should not worship devils, and idols of gold, and silver, and brass, and stone, and wood, which neither can see, nor hear, nor walk. They are so engrossed with the world that, uh, around them, the things of the world, that they are not willing to, to repent. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts, and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was up on his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet were pillars of fire, and he had in his hand a little book open, and set his right foot upon the sea, and the left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, and as when he, the lion roars, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices, and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard the voice of the heaven saying to me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And one of these days we're going to find out what the thunder, seven thunders had to say. And the angel which I saw standing over the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swore by him that lives forever and ever, who created heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that there are, and the sea, and the things that there are in. And there should be, no, uh, should be time no longer but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go and take the little book which I opened in my hand of the angel, which stands upon the sea, upon the earth. And I went, and the angel said to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it, and it shall, be, it shall make your belly bitter but it shall be in your mouth as sweet as honey. I took the little book out of the angel's hand, did eat, and it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. And as soon as I did eat, my belly was bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to read all the rest of, of, of the book of Revelation. You can pick it up there and look at all the different things that are going on. But understand that that is still our commission, isn't it? You shall prophesy again before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. Continue to preach the word, preach the gospel message for as long as you can, for as long as there's breath in you to do so. There's going to be a tremendously wonderful, happy time coming in the days ahead, and we look forward to that. And we find that, of course, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians. But I'm just going to slip, uh, to slip over here to, uh, to the Thessalonians. And I'm going to read that uh, for, for, for my final scripture today on this, uh, this 
Feast of Trumpets. I may get the Thessalonians, maybe. <laughs> These are so comforting. We live in a, an age in which we don't know exactly, what, <laughs> you know, we've seen so many things over the years and we, we see the ages, but we have something that we can always grasp a hold of as his children. And it's his word. And it is a wonderful word that is written in this book. And it is so encouraging. And I want to I wanna say, I hope each and every one of us in this room want to be in his kingdom. Ian, at the teen camp this year, asked the kids, do they really, do you want to be kings and priests in the kingdom of God? Well, we should ask ourselves every day, do we really want to have a place in the kingdom of God? Do we want to have the blessings that we will find in the kingdom of God? To have rulership. To do what God wants us to do for all eternity. To have eternal life. To be with God the Father and Jesus Christ for all eternity. Do you desire that? Do you want that? Is it part of your life? Do you see the importance of the Feast of Trumpets and the day in which he will call us out of the grave? For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also that slept in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ.